Greetings, I am Jim. And I am Sean, and we welcome you to our podcast. Our goal is to entertain you with our discussions about RPG, fantasy, and everything in between. Come sit by the fire. You're safe here. We'll keep watch. We hope you enjoy 13-Sided Die. Level 1, Episode 8. Come hear us talk about all things Tolkien. We discuss The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, The Hobbit, and other Tolkien-related items. Come see if we get endorsed by A&W Root Beer. We learn that life doesn't have shortcuts, and sorry folks, we apologize for nothing. Alright everybody, we are back. Uh, I believe episode 9, I, I don't even keep track of these things. Do, do you have an idea? Yeah, it's somewhere between 7 and 13. <laughs> That's a good spread, I like that. Um, yeah, uh, off the top, uh, before we start anything, nobody can see this, but I'm treating myself today. I have an A&W root beer in a bottle. And confirm. You can hear the tink, maybe. Uh, very yummy. I usually just drink water, but I thought I'd treat myself. And I'm hoping that by saying this, we'll maybe get endorsed or something. Maybe A&W root beer will, like, you know, sponsor us or something. What do you think? Uh, I gotta say, I'm more of a mug guy myself. I probably am too, but this is what was in the fridge. <laughs> I like dad's root beer too. That's oh yeah, good. that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. But, but we love A&W. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't mind some a teen burger sponsor actually. Oh yeah, yeah. And their, their onion rings are really good. Who knows? Maybe we'll get something in the mail. Onion rings in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'm terribly sorry, people. Um, so, hey, welcome back. Um, sorry for a bit of a delay. Jim and I have had some pretty crazy busy times going on. We haven't been able to get together and uh, do recording. I know I've had a few people asking when we're going to be uh, back on. So we are right now. So that's exciting. And um, yeah, I think today we're going to have a discussion um, about uh, kind of uh, Lord of the Rings, Tolkien, Tolkien, depending on your pronunciation. Uh, and that'll be a lot of fun. Talk about those different things in that world. Uh, we're going to kick it off at the beginning with a little bit of discussion about some role playing stuff. And, um, and I also just want to mention again, a big thanks to John last, uh, episode. That was an amazing episode having him come on as our first guest. Yeah, that was awesome. He was great. Wasn't he going yeah. to be hard to top that one. <laughs> Okay, so um, yeah, we want to chat just a little bit. Uh, just recently, um, I got some members from my Patreon group, and we played kind of a one-shot that's turned into a two-shot um, game, and D&D uh, &D game. And I had it set up down here in my D&D &D room, which is where I'm broadcasting from. And uh, for my setup, I have a couple of cameras, top-down camera and a side-view camera, and then a camera that you're looking at me on, kind of like what Jim and I are doing right now, through Discord. We had nine of us in there. It was a crazy big group. Uh, but boy, what a lot of fun. And it was just great to run through it with everybody. Um, and it just reminded me that because all these people we've really never met. They're people that I know online, people that subscribe to my silly Patreon to learn how to uh, kind of do the crazy crafting things I do. And we've all got to be very friendly, but no one's really met in person. And uh, I was a little concerned about throwing everyone into the mix, but you know, everyone's just totally cool. We had a really fun time. And uh, you know, we had people in different time zones, uh, people in, you know, in England. So they're like seven, eight hours ahead. Like it was crazy. It was all over the place and all online. And even that we just worked really well, really smoothly. And we had a great time and uh, yeah, we'll do another one in the future to kind of wrap up the story. And uh, yeah, anyways, I just want to chat about it. Just a reminder to people, if you, if you want to play the game and you can't find people in your area, you don't have to. Like I've been playing my main game 
RideDM online for the last two and a half years. We played over 30-odd games um, all online and uh, hooked up through Discord's worked really, really well for us. Not sponsored, but they probably should because we use it all the time. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, anyways, if you want to do it, try, try find people online and try and set up a group that way. It's, it's a great way to play. Um, and it doesn't take that much away from the game, but that is uh, my two cents. Jim, you wanted to chat a little bit. Um, I wanted to know what was uh, your game about? Ooh, we, um, it was really fun because I, I set it up as a kind of a reunion of sorts. So all these characters had known each other five years previously and they had promised Miranda, a friend of theirs in the town, that they would come back on the uh, summer, Midsummer's Festival and see her five years later. And that kind of set the tone for what was happening. And then things all went sideways and they had to try and find her. She got kidnapped and they went to an, uh, to an old abandoned church ruins to try and find her. She'd been taken by goblins and a whole bunch of stuff happened from there. And uh, yeah, it was really good. And it kind of started developing a story. So it, it's mostly plucked right out of my uh, my game and uh, just kind of rewritten. But it's ready to go as a full, full, whole, full campaign. But I don't know if I have time for that. So we'll see how that goes. But uh but it was good. Some of the um, one of the patrons got in touch with me and said they really, really enjoyed themselves. They were wondering if, as a group, we wanted to look at maybe seeing if we had a rotating DM, and literally started playing like once a month or something in our group, and just have somebody be a different DM and do a one shot each month. And that was kind of a neat idea. So we're kind of kicking that around as a possibility. So, oh, cool. I love the like Dragonlance uh, beginning kind of vibe you got going on there. I Everyone like meets. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got yeah. that. And, you know, and there's nothing wrong with it. You all meet in a tavern, like that kind of thing. There's not, there's so many stories are done that way. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I personally love to have something at the beginning of a campaign. And this isn't a campaign. It was a one shot at the beginning of a game where it throws everyone together for a reason. And I kind of like that. And this was, it, it, you know, I told them all that you're getting back together. So you do, and you all know each other. So that was a benefit. And, you know, the, a lot of the players played it that way, that they did know each other and kind of had fun chatting. And, oh, it's good to see you again. And, oh, it's been so long and that kind of <laughs> thing. Right. And, uh. That was kind of cool. So, uh, especially for a one shot, it just, it didn't take time up introducing themselves to each other and who are you and what, you know, they just knew each other so they could, we could get going right away. And that was for me, the big thing, cause we didn't have a lot of time. So I just wanted it to kind of really flow quickly. Oh, cool. And, yeah. uh, no, no deaths. We came close. Yeah. Oh. There was a couple of close. Um, yeah, a little friendly fire happened and one person almost got killed. It was awesome. Um, I, I, certainly and we've talked about this i'm not a, a killing dm like if a, if a person dies a person dies i'm not going to not let it happen but i don't go out of my way to make it happen and especially in a one shot i tend to be even a little bit more protective because i you know these some of these some of the players had never even played before so it was their first time they ever played and you don't want somebody to start playing in an hour into the game their character's dead so i tend to be a little bit more a little careful with it um we are going to play a second adventure tied to it because we didn't get it all completed really we, i left it on a neat cliffhanger that one will probably be a little bit more lethal, a little bit more dangerous maybe because they've played it a little bit already. So I can be a little bit, a little bit more evil, I guess, but uh, yeah, it was oh, yeah. fun. We had a really yeah. good time. I find for one shots it's yeah, it's better to have the uh, characters a little bit more overpowered just to, I find even just for a time thing. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of, you know, the goblin fight taking 15 minutes, let them mow over the goblins in five minutes, you know? I agree. Yeah, I <laughs> completely agree. Yeah. And uh, you, you can you kind of want them to have fun, <clears throat> not take too long. And in a one shot, I do tend to railroad quite a bit, you know, um, 
make them to. go. You have to. You're going this way because we don't have time to explore this world. It's a one shot. We're and we're not. If we're in a campaign, do whatever you want. We can leave this whole thing I had planned to do something else. But in a one shot, you've got it laid out pretty much, and you're taking people. It's like a movie. They're just watching a movie, but they're participating in it. Um, so yeah, you just want to you know make sure they have a fun time and uh, kind of hit all the highlights. Yeah. Cool. So what about you, buddy? What there was a few things you wanted to chat about. Uh, yeah, I just want to talk about uh, I ran the 24-hour annual charity Fungin event that we do every year. We play board games and D&D for 24 hours in the Fungin. Everyone brings charity donations. Uh, since it's a charity event, it makes us all feel good about sitting around for 24 hours, eating unhealthy food, and playing games. So, <laughs> <laughs> can, uh, can outsiders, Jim, contribute at all to that fundraising element, or is it only for people that were there? Uh, this, I didn't set up this year. Kind of once COVID happened, I kind of stopped that a little bit. But yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully next year I can set something up online for donations because yeah. I did one year and it did pretty good. So Yeah, I would love to donate. Awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah, um, it, it was still good uh, donations. We got like, so we do SPCA. Um, yeah. I like dogs more than people, I think. So that's a really important <laughs> charity for me. <laughs> um, and I know that no one's uh, taken off the top. Right. Because we got seven giant bags of dog food, four big boxes of treats, some cash. But, you know, there's very little cash to be skimming off the top. So, that's you know, awesome. that, that dog food is just going to feed dogs. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, Good so. for you guys. Yeah. But, yeah, it was fun. We started off the day with a giant breakfast, like eggs, sausage, hash browns, the works, you know. <laughs> um, that was pretty good. And then we uh, we played Dungeon Mayhem, so that's uh, it's like a Magic: The Gathering light. It's D and D themed. It's made by uh, wizards. The characters are like mimics, uh, gelatinous cube, owlbear, beholder, paladin, minskin boo. That's kind of stuff. Yep. And uh, yeah, you just uh, yeah, it's just Magic light. It's just the decks are already pre-made, so cool. That's pretty cool. Um, then would we play Lords of Waterdeep? Um, for those who don't know, Waterdeep's a city in the Sword Coast in the Forgotten Realms in the world of D&D. Uh, so each uh, player randomly chooses a Lord of Waterdeep to be, and then you just complete quests. And yeah, you recruit adventurers, do your dirty work. It's like a resource management game. So yeah, that one's played, pretty cool. I played that. Sounds cool, though. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, and then like you get all the D&D lore in it, right? So that's always... Right fun stuff uh use xanathar as one of the lords you can be sick so that's pretty cool yeah um then we played sagrada that's a dice drafting game where you're trying to build like a stained glass window with all your dice mechanics are like easy to learn it's quick to play it's just beautiful looking because all the dice are different colors and neat match them yeah so that was fun um followed by king of tokyo that's such a fun one to play with a group of friends you're all the giant monsters fighting outside tokyo so you got Crazy. King Kong, Godzilla. I was a giant penguin, my guy. There's all space penguin. Uh, yeah, you just on your turn you roll six six side dice, and then uh, with different symbols on them, and you can decide if you want to like attack, defend, buy things. So I don't know it's a lot of fun. It's just goofy. Good for you, man. <laughs> yeah, and then so that was halftime. We stopped for sushi and carrot cake. Went downtown, walked around a little, so that felt good um then we played the quiet year and we came back uh you know that one favor of mine john brought it up yeah. a few times last episode totally uh the quiet yeah it's just like a collaborative storytelling experience where you use like a deck of cards uh paper pencil and dice and you just build and play out like a civilization like rise and fall 
mm-hmm. kind of thing. And yeah, I've played nothing quite like it, so it's a lot of fun. Sick, man. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, and then we played Fantasy Realms. That's a deck builder game by WizKids that's fantasy themed and just trying to make the best hand. Kind of similar to uh, the other one there, just kind of Magic the Gathering Light, but everyone's playing off the same deck. Um, me and my wife played all the time, so that was a good one. And then we had a massive charcuterie board that the wife made up for us, so that was pretty awesome. Lots of snacks. <laughs> and then to end the event, we played Kirvarna. Um it's cave farmers. It's a monster of a game. That's resource management. And you're all the players are dwarves, and you own like farms and mines. And the point of the game is to like build the best farm and mine by the end of all the rounds. There's like so many different ways you can go about it, and it's just awesome. You can like farm, fish, adventure, mine, trade, breed livestock, like you name it. Crazy. Yeah. So uh, we didn't end up playing D and D. One of the guys had to leave halfway through. Uh, right. for a family emergency so i was fine playing board games the whole 24 hours so wow yeah well it ended up being like a little over 20 hours so yeah but yeah and yeah, that's a lot. the whole event yeah and then and if anyone's ever done that where you actually do something for 24 hours um in the summer i did that silly stranger things 24 hour build if you do something for 24 hours straight like it's really intense like you really kind of get into it and you really feel that whole length of time yeah, yeah, I find it uh, helped a lot that we were switching up board games every couple hours. Yeah, that's cool. Kind of reset the mind, and now you're thinking a different way, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the food looked amazing. You guys had some really good treats, so it was pretty cool. Uh, every year. I, I'm probably the smallest, or I'm the second smallest guy there, so <laughs> a lot of big guys that come play, so. That's awesome. How many yeah. did you have in total? How many people? Uh, Six of us. Wow, that's it's awesome. Just, it's like our normal like Ebron D&D group. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. So Very cool, buddy. Thank you very, very much for successful. sharing. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Congratulations and for a good cause. Oh, thanks. Yeah. So um, I think we're going to get into today's main topic, uh, which is talking about uh, the world of uh, J.R. Tolkien, Lord of the Rings, etc., and uh, yeah, there's just a number of things we want to just discuss. It's obviously very much in the news right now because of Rings of Power on Amazon. Uh, just wrapped up a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we're not going to try and do any spoilers. That's going to be kind of the goal. We don't want to ruin it for anybody. We're going to talk about different things. Um, I actually wouldn't mind maybe starting in that world right now, the Rings of Power, because it is such a, a kind of in the in the world thing. And uh, there's a really, I mean, since they announced it back with the, you know, the ads a couple of years ago, there's been a total, you know, it feels like there's one side of the, the you know, the, the camp or the other. It's you love it or you hate it type of feeling. Um, and uh, we talked about it in one of our other episodes. And I said I thought it was underrated because I think there was actually a lot of good stuff to come. Uh, after watching it, I, I still do really feel that. Like, I think it was just glorious eye candy. If nothing else, if you could just get out of your head and just watch it for the eye candy was totally amazing. Um, But more importantly, and this was something that I was kind of somebody else had mentioned a little bit about and got me thinking on it a bit. And we're going to talk about Lord of the Rings in a minute. And uh, I've always got some pet peeves about what Peter Jackson did in the film. Beautiful film. So well done. It's just it's one of my favorite films. But there's elements of that that bother me. And I do want to kind of talk about that a little bit. I'd but, love to argue with you about that, Sean. <laughs> but <laughs> in Rings of Power, and and, and th- there were things like um, I, I think the biggest thing about Rings of Power, and I don't again don't want to spoil it for anybody, but in the chronology of that world, 
what they've done is they've compressed things, uh, things that would have maybe happened hundreds of years apart, they made happen at the same time. And so a lot of people are getting really bent out of shape because they're like, that never would have happened then. This didn't exist. That person wasn't around then. And I understand them saying that, but to me, they're trying to tell a story. And if you told the story and what's kind of really was there in the chronology of stuff, it would be so spread out and it'd be, it could be quite difficult. And they didn't have a lot to work with either. We've talked about that before. It's not like they had a book to work with. And that's the crux to me. Lord of the Rings is a fully complete, amazing book that J.R.R. Tolkien wrote. Beautiful piece of work. So in my mind, don't mess with it, okay? But Rings of Power is just a whole bunch of collected things that a lot of it is stuff that Christopher, J.R.R.'s son, gathered up from his dad's notes and stuff and everywhere. There's not like a definitive book that they're working from. They're just working from snippets of information here, there, and everywhere. Small stories, different things put together. So for me, I feel there actually is freedom to play with it because there's not a definitive thing to follow. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and like you have to for a TV show, right? They, it's That took place thousands of years. Yeah. Like exactly. They have to, like to make it interesting and to, especially for season one, like they, mm-hmm. what it was like almost a billion dollars they spent on this. Insane. So it's like insane. they, it had to work yeah. <laughs> or else like yeah. they're yeah. in big trouble. Yeah. And I think they're kind of in a situation where they're going to shoot themselves on the foot, no matter what they do, because if they make it so completely true to their source material, they're probably going to bore a bunch of people. Like the average user is not, is not a big Tolkien nut. They're not going to care. Um, and if they lean towards making it more general for people to watch, then of course the Tolkien fans are gonna be like, you didn't do this right, or you missed that, or the dates mm-hmm. are wrong. So they're never going to win. Do you know what I mean? And so for yeah. me, like I said, they're not following a, a, like the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings are the two main pieces of that kind of world that Tolkien wrote that are definitive and amazing, right? They don't need to be adjusted. They don't need to be played with. Pretty much everything else in and around that are, again, is collections of stuff, some writings, stuff that his son has collected, all these different elements. I think there's a freedom there, a bit of a, a, a leeway to, to play with it a little bit. And so uh, you're not really messing up a definitive story. And that was a very important realization for me. And um, anyways, that's kind of my take on it. I think they did a stunning job. It was extremely well acted. Uh, like I said, it was visually just beautiful. And I think they set a really good tone to kind of make you want to see more. And that's what everything should do. Everything should always make you want more. Yeah, uh, the Rings of Power. Yeah, it was awesome. Gladriel's such a badass in it. The visuals are absolutely stunning. Yes. Just, yeah, it's just amazing to see like a new take on such a vast world and vast history. Like, like you can't, they can't condense it down enough, you know? No. Like it's No. And that was a complaint. People said like, Gladriel, she's not a fighter. I mean, think, look at her Lord of the Rings. She's like this kind of calm person in the back, spellcaster type thing. It's like, yeah, that's like thousands of years later. Yeah. You're, you're seeing a young Gladriel. And it's like people have a character. Everyone has an arc to their life. And, yeah. you know, we do different things when we're younger. Um, I'm certainly not the person I was, you know, <laughs> 40 years ago uh, when I was 16. Like, not at all. And so... I think you need to understand that. And that's her character. It's, it's years and years apart between Rings of Power and Lord of the Rings. So she is a different person. Uh, and I think they did a great job with her. Um, yeah. You know, there's complaints like she took out that, that what was it, ice troll or something or whatever it was uh, so easily and her other people didn't. And it's like, yeah, whatever. Get over yourself. Like, you know, look at the crazy shit that Legolas did. Like, oh, you know yeah. I mean? like it's just, it's, it's just adventure, man. Let yourself go with it and have fun. Like, don't get so hung up. And 
sadly in this world we live in, Jim, I find people, people feel they need to say something. Mm-hmm. You don't. You can actually shut your trap and just look at something. <laughs> you don't have to comment on it. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to try and figure something out to say. Just enjoy it. And I think everyone thinks they need to be a critic. And a critic by nature was meant that they were supposed to like critique something, look at something and talk about it, find the positives, find the negatives. It's not to be critical. And that's what people think critics are supposed to be. Think critics are supposed to be negative, tear stuff apart. And it's not. Um, I, I don't know. So I didn't um, have high hopes for Rings of Power and it blew my expectations out of the water. But if it right. didn't, I was just going to leave it because that's right. fine. That's, you know. Yeah. And if you don't like it, don't watch it. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> There's enough stuff to watch right now. So, right. Exactly. So, anyways, um, is, did you have anything else about Rings of Power you want to comment on? Uh, yeah, like you were saying with uh, Gladriel, like her uh, story arc and stuff. And yeah, like uh, this is a very small spoiler, but like uh, when Elrond goes to visit the dwarves. Yeah. And the dwarven king's mad at him. Yeah. Because it's been 60 years or what was it? 60, like 70 that, yeah. years or something. Yeah. To an elf, that's nothing. nothing. That's like us. That's like, I, oh, yeah. well, I seen you last week. What's the problem? Totally. He's like, hey, man. He's like, that's half my life. He's like, you missed my wedding. You missed my kid's birth. Like, yeah. What the hell, man? Yeah. So yeah, like it's it's hard for us to think what it would be like to be an elf living yeah. thousands of years. So like of course you would change drastically during that time, right? And and I actually think that friendship is one of the best parts about that show. Like showing the two of them rekindle this friendship they had and and it's neat because it's you know, it's a mirror of the Gimli and um <laughs> Legolas, Legolas yeah. thing, right? Like the elf and the dwarf, which is really fun. Um yeah, it was really cool. I thought they did a great job, very, very well acted. Uh, it was a neat story, but yeah, I don't know. It's so easy to get bent out of shape on stuff. Um, but I don't think you need, you know, you don't need to, um, I did like people have complained about it as well, that you don't actually know who Sauron is or Sauron, depending on your pronunciation again. <laughs> um, I get corrected on that by my son a lot. Um, the, <laughs> uh, the, the whole idea of like, who is he? And you're not really knowing, um, People really negatively commented on that. I'm again not giving any spoilers, but I kind of like that you don't really know who everybody is in the show. It really does give you a feeling of a of a beginning of something, of an end of evolution, a genesis, where something's started and you're not fully aware of everything. We don't have to always be aware. Um, mm-hmm. You know, my wife loves to know. Like if she's watching a movie, she'll be like, "What was that? Who's that? What did, what are they doing?" It's like just let it happen, man. It's it, you'll find <laughs> out in a few minutes. And, <laughs> It's her mindset. She just wants to know and that she's inquisitive. Um, and I think this show has really done a great job of that, of not letting you know. Just sit back, man. We've got how many, six seasons or something? Like, just sit back yeah. and enjoy it. Let it happen. And that's kind of fun if you can do that. Just let it happen, man. Just go with it. Enjoy it. Yeah. Well, even then, like, like some people, like the orcs are a myth to some people yeah. right now. How that, right? So it's like, yeah, yeah. Sauron, they're like, ah, he's. So they're, they're kind of keeping you with the rest of the world, right? Exactly. Just grow like, with it. It's fun. Yeah. Her, now I my, heard it's coming, but. Yeah. Now my complaint with it, if you want Uh-oh. a real complaint, yeah. is there's no Tom Bombadil. That's my complaint. Where the hell's Tom Bombadil? You no, one ever has, no, no one ever has Tom Bombadil. What? Tell me what you know about Tom Bombadil. <laughs> I honestly, I, I've done a deep dive on the internet and I, man, I'm more, conf- I have more questions than answers after looking. <laughs> Tom Bombadil to me is so cool because he is, he's ancient, 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 like way older than the elves. He's like super, super ancient. And 
it's so cool because he comes along like this kind of fun dibbly doo hiddly bee diddly da bo bo and he's all this weird singing and just a kind of a goofy character. But he's so we have no idea how intensely powerful he is, and that I think is what's really cool. He's this kind of just fun, friendly character that's extremely powerful. And Lord of the Rings, when the hobbits meet him, you get a small glimmer of what he can do. Um, and I think the problem is, is because he is so unknown and there's not so much fleshed out about him that I think everyone's probably more worried about doing anything because they they don't have a lot to work with. And he's a little bit difficult. Like he almost feels adjacent to Lord of the Rings. And I'm one of the few people in the world that like Tom Bombadil. No one seems to like Tom Bombadil. Well, I, I love him. Everyone seems to, thank you. Good for you, Jim. Everyone seems to always be like, oh, who needs him? Get rid of him. It's a waste of time. He just sings and says poetry. I'm sick of it. Um, but I think he's very interesting. When the Hobbits meet him, it's really interesting because it's the very beginning of their journey and he helps them right at the beginning. Um, it's really interesting. Now, I, I have no idea what his lore is in regards to that era um, back in the, you know, the first age with Rings of Power and stuff. I'm, I'm not that kind of Tolkien nut. Um, and I just like to joke on it because they didn't put him in, uh, you know, Lord of the Rings in the film. Uh, but that's the deal to me. I think it would have been really cool if he pops in. And you know what? We still have lots of time. There's a lot more shows. You never know. Maybe he does pop in. That'd be very cool. The things about, if you want to slide over to Lord of the Rings, the film with Jackson, like I said, absolutely beautiful, stunning, amazing, just totally beautiful to watch. But the whole thing about not having Tom Bombadil in the, fi in the films, the three of them, fine. I get that. That's a choice you made. But don't put stuff in that didn't mm. exist. If you're not going to have stuff that exists in the lore that, and again, we're talking about a fantastically written book, arguably to me, one of the best ever books written. Don't take stuff out. If you're going to put stuff in that doesn't need to be there. And I have some examples. Aragorn falls off a cliff because he's chased by wargs and everyone thinks he's dead. That didn't happen in the book. Mm -hmm. And then he has his grand, you know, the doors open. <laughs> And Aragorn walks in, he's all bedraggled. Everyone's, oh, he's alive, he's alive. It's like, yeah, yeah, he was never really dead. There was, that never happened. And that kind of bothered me that they had to put that in for dramatic effect. Um, I didn't like the whole Aragorn, Arwen, Eowyn love triangle thing that they had going on. Like, you know what I mean? There was this weird oh, yeah. love interest thing. And like, I, I never pulled that out of the book myself. Maybe it's there and I'm just not astute enough to get it, but... I never really saw that. And they seem to really play on that a little bit too much for me. Um, and I really didn't like when Aragorn is tempted by the ring when uh, when the fellowship breaks, when Boromir falls. Frodo is tempted uh, with Aragorn and Aragorn is tempted about the ring. That didn't happen that way. And I didn't like that at all. Um, anyways, don't put stuff in that isn't in the books if you've got such great books to work with. Rings of Power, you don't have as much literal stuff to work with. Okay, play with it. But that would be the only... And, and saying all that, I still think the films are amazing. I think they're fantastic. Those are my, you know, criticisms in the sense of that the things that I wasn't very happy with when they put stuff in that didn't happen. Uh, anyways, that that's my two cents. Yeah, you have anything to comment on that, Jim? Well, yeah, Lord of the Rings, uh, I'd say it's easily the second best fantasy book trilogy of all time, for sure. Okay, maybe. 
maybe. <laughs> kind of a hot take on that one, but <laughs> um, yeah, honestly, like the movies though, like they're they're my favorite movies. Uh, yeah. Perfect casting, like Serena McKenzie oh. uh, as Gandalf, Orlando Bloom, Legolas as perfect, Viggo Morrison, Aragorn, uh, yeah. Christopher Lee as Saruman, like yeah. that's that's all amazing. Uh, yeah, I met Frodo at Comic Con or Elijah cool. Wood. That was that was pretty sweet seeing yeah, him. I remember but, seeing uh, pictures of that with you and him. Yeah. Yeah, that was wild. Um, did you know that Sean Connery turned down the chance to be Gandalf? Wow, I didn't actually. Yeah, he read the script and he didn't understand it, so he turned it down. <laughs> Isn't that wild? That's interesting. I, I and he's one of my all-time favorite actors. My namesake. That's who I'm named after. Um, I uh, I love him, but I actually I don't think he would have been as good. In all honesty, no. he's a great actor. Like he's one of my mm. my favorite actors, but I just don't think he would have been as good in that role. Oh, Sir Ian, like, you, I don't know. They can't know, make right? a better Gandalf than that. Like, he was so good. <laughs> that was, was so the good. ticket to those movies. Yeah, so good. Um, We should probably talk about the Hobbit movies a bit. Uh, They were shit. Uh, do you have anything else to say about that? <laughs> uh, A, I only ever saw the first one. I went to the theater and saw it in oh, IMAX God. 3D. And I honestly felt that, like, to me if you do stuff to enhance the film to make it look cooler, but if you're just doing 3d for the sake of doing 3d, it just felt like they're just putting stuff in there. I don't know. Didn't do a lot for me again. Um, uh, Martin Freeman, love him as an actor, love him as an actor. He's such a great actor. And I actually met him as well. I, uh, Oh, cool. Yeah. Club. I used to DJ at, I used to play like old sixties, uh, soul tracks and stuff. He was in town filming, um, Fargo, and uh, he used to come in and listen to us DJ. So we got to sit and chat with him and buy him a beer and talk to him and stuff, which was really oh, cool. Oh, cool. Um, but in a very lovely gentleman, really, really nice guy. Um, but, and I think the, what I saw, his acting was good too in, in, in The Hobbit. I don't know. It's just once I saw the first one, I mean, I went into it with such trepidation. Again, the massive difference in writing. The Hobbit is written really almost like a children's novel. And then... Lord of the Rings is not. Lord of the Rings is a much higher level of reading than the, the Hobbit. And the Hobbit is a sliver of a book compared to Lord of the Rings. And they're and the same they, length for the movies. They told me they said, no, they didn't tell me. They actually called me, Jim, and directly told me. Oh, when they cool. Said, yeah. When they announced that they're doing. Your buddy Martin? Yeah. When they announced they're doing three movies for the Hobbit, I'm like, oh my, what are you doing? Are these movies yeah. like 10 minutes each? Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like, I thought, no. You're going to be pulling in so much extraneous stuff and just scraping to try and fill this. It's just going to be ridiculously long, endless scenes that should take a couple of minutes. Um, I should go and watch them because I'm criticizing something I've not watched. It, it was just goofy to me to be that long. Like one good movie maybe I could see, um, but three films is just crazy. It's just It's just silliness. Yeah, I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard Peter Jackson like had to like send people home early some days because he just he was out of ideas. It was like, <laughs> and I don't that wasn't his vision either. He, he didn't no. want to do three films. I was just they wanted to capitalize. They wanted to have the success of Lord of the Rings and why not do it with three? It did it work before? Let's do it again. And yeah. uh, he said, "Sure, He's, pay me." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he said, "No thanks." They handed him a piece of paper with a number written on it. He said, "All right, let's do it. <laughs> let's do this." I'm so stoked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um uh, like visually they were like really good it's still like a awesome fantasy movie set in like yeah. like a beautiful fantasy world you know but like when lord of the when the lord of the rings trilogy is what you have to live up to like you're yeah. setting yourself up for failure right you, yeah totally 
Totally. But, and and I know this goes a little bit against what we just talked about with rings of power, just go with it and et cetera. But again, it falls in that situation where there was an extremely well-written book that you're messing with. And if you, you can't turn that book into three films. Um, I do remember in the early days when they were releasing pictures, I thought, man, these dwarves look kick-ass. I thought the dwarves looked really cool. Like a very, a lot of times dwarves tend to look kind of big, fat, bumbly. Do you know what I mean? I don't like yeah. that. That's not a dwarf to me. These dwarves look like, yeah, that's how I see a dwarf. Really kind of stout and kick ass and just really cool. So I thought they nailed that. Um, they just shouldn't have done three films. Yeah. Um, I would suggest watching them, though. The smog part's yeah, really good. I should. Um, I totally should. Yeah, there's some really good scenes. There's some where you're shaking your head at. But there's there's a scene. I'm going to give you some spoilers here. This movie's <laughs> old enough. You've read the book. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, we're all good. So there's a part where the dwarves are going down the river in the barrels. And in the movie, they're like flying around like elves. Like they're jumping from barrel to barrel down a river. And you're like, there's no way dwarves could do that. Like, that's weird. You know, like stuff like that kind of bothered me. There's a part. And the dwarves are supposed to be in the barrels. Yeah. Yeah, they were. But they were, you know, going back and forth. And it was a they made it into a crazy action scene. Oh, yeah. Great. Um, Yeah. There's a part where like an orc um, jumps out of frozen water through ice onto the ice. Like, I know it's a fancy movie, but that's like the physics for that. Like, you can't jump out of water through ice onto it. Like, <laughs> so there's a couple parts like that that kind of bug me. But I think I'm going to watch it again this uh, winter. I should. And with an, I, I'm going to with an open mind, like just a. We should do a streaming party. We'll yeah, watch it we together. Could. Yeah. Nine yeah. hours. There you go. We, have, should, we, a, we should pick a day, pick like a Saturday or Sunday and just start in the morning and watch the whole thing through. Sure. That'd be a giggle. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I really should. I, I, I've, I've been meaning so many times to go back and I, I, I well, I listen to so many movies in my uh, studio while I'm working um, because I just put them on and let them play. I rarely see the screens. I'm intent on what I'm doing. So I listen to everything and I tend to listen to stuff. A lot of times the things that I've already seen because then I know mm-hmm. what's going on. So I've been tempted to put those on, but I really want to sit and watch them. I don't want to just listen to them. So I, yeah. I need to pick a time and, and Mrs. Ardnor is not going to be very interested in watching the Hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'd need to find some time for myself. Um, I'll tell you what, why don't we take a quick break here uh, for one of our quick fantasy factoids and we'll be back to chat in a minute. Sounds good. Sweet. Fantasy factoid. Did you know in J.R.R. Tolkien's book, The Lord of the Rings, Frodo is saved from the Nazgul at the Ford of Bruin by the mighty elf Glorfindel. But in the 1978 animated version, it is Elrond who saves our young hobbit friend. And in Peter Jackson's live-action version of the book, it is actually Arwen who is the hero. Hey guys, we are back. Uh, so yeah, we've been talking today about uh, Tolkien, uh, Lord of the Rings... Um, I remember I, in the summer, I picked up that crazy, great uh, hardcover um, book of uh, The Lord of the Rings. Beautiful. I'm so excited I found that book. It's amazing. The stuff inside it was incredible. Um, but uh, yeah, one of the things I did want to bring up, and it's quite a uh, asked about controversial um, element oh. of Lord of the Rings. And I kind of want to put forth some of the things that I've read about and some of my thoughts on it. But so many people say, like, why the hell did they put this group of seven to traipse all over the world to go and throw this stupid ring in Mordor at the 
again, well, you know, I don't even care. We're going to do spoilers on Lord of the Rings. If you haven't read it, it was written back in the 40s, so whatever. Um, <laughs> at the end of it, when Frodo's stuck and Mount Doom has got, you know, fire and brimstone everywhere, and the great eagles fly in to save Frodo, why the hell didn't they just give the ring to Gwahir, uh, <laughs> the great eagle, and have him fly over and drop it in Mount Doom? Done. And people yeah. ask that question all the time. And I guess at face value, it's a probably a pretty good question. Like, you know, Gandalf gets stuck on top of Ornthank and he can't get out. And so he like whispers in a little butterfly or a moth's ear and all of a sudden the great eagle flies in and saves him. You know, he fights the Balrog and he's all fire and burnt and Gawir, Gwahir? I always have problems. It's a tough name to say. Gwahir the great eagle flies in and saves him again. Why the hell didn't the eagle just take the damn ring and get it over and done with? And, um... There's a number of reasons why that didn't happen. Yeah. A, it's not the Great Eagles fight to begin with. It's not really their <laughs> deal. Um, and th- they had a debt with Gandalf, and it's kind of mentioned in the books and in the film that they're, they, they're repaying a debt. And he says to them, um, you know, you serve me twice, one more time, and we will be finished, we'll be clean, and that's to fly off and save Frodo and Sam. The eagles are freaking huge. They could not get anywhere near, like, Mount Doom, you had to go inside of it to, like, release the ring for a start. Like, it's not just, like, drop it from the air and it falls. It has to be, like, you have to go. So the eagle couldn't even get in there to do it. That's the first, just it doesn't even work. Um, But secondly, and the biggest thing of all, is that it was a secret mission. A freaking huge eagle flying into Mount Doom with ring wraiths and Nazgul all around you and stuff that can sense things. And Sauron. The and giant, Sauron. The giant spotlight in the sky that was just constantly scanning for the ring. <laughs> all seeing eye. He's going to see it come flying towards it. Right? All yeah. nine, you know, Nazgul are going to fly and kill the... It, no. I, it doesn't work that way. Like, life doesn't have shortcuts, people. <laughs> things take time. The Hobbit takes three movies. It You just have to realize stuff takes time to do and Eagles can't just solve that problem for you. And uh, I think it's funny. A lot of people ask that question and I get it because it, you know, they go there in the end, but they go there and then when Sauron's destroyed, they're just, they're on a rescue mission, man. They're the, they're the rescue vac helicopter flying in to save them. Yeah. Um, I kind of thought too that it's possible even that the ring could have corrupted the Eagle too. You're a hundred percent right. That's a good, a really good point, Jim. Like that, the ring corrupts, right? It really does. And you can see what it did to poor old Bilbo for having it for so many years. And I think personally, I feel too, the more powerful you are, the more chance of being powerfully corrupted because you have power already and the ring is all about power. And the eagles are very powerful. They're very ancient and very powerful beings. Yeah, they probably wouldn't want to touch the damn thing. Yeah. No, yeah. agreed. I always thought that was stupid too. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of funny. I think it's people looking for a shortcut. No, it's not about shortcuts. It doesn't work that yeah. way. But good, 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 good point. Thank you. But move on. <laughs> <laughs> and we've definitively answered it. It's done. No one ever has to ask that question again, ever. Period. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, beautiful stuff. If you're not familiar um, with the works of J.R.R. Tolkien, um, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Beautiful, beautiful books. Uh, I just, I was so moved when I was very young and read uh, Lord of the Rings and I was just thought it was the most fantastic thing I'd ever read. And that really set me down the path of all these things that I've, uh, you know, all the D and D and all the fantasy stuff that comes along with it was a lot of it was 
from reading those books. So I would highly recommend it to everybody to read them. Uh, if you've seen the movies, read the books as well. They're fantastic. And uh, yeah, it's just absolutely beautiful. So hopefully today we got to maybe go through a few things and talk a little bit about it. Uh, I know you had something else you wanted to chat in regards to um, this world, Jim. Yeah, just all the video game lovers out there too. Lord of the Rings made, I think there's like 40 or 50 Lord of the Rings video wow. games out there. Uh, War in the North, that was a really good one. That was like an RPG, kind of a Dragon Age kind of game. Uh, the Lord of the Rings Lego game. Cool. It's like you just play the all three movies as Lego characters. And it's like they do the scenes a little bit goofier and stuff. And it's it's just like, it's really funny. Um, and it's easy. Like you could, any, a kid could play it or whatever. Yeah. Um, Battle for Middle Earth, that was like a real-time strategy one where you uh, fought different, um, the different armies of Middle Earth against each other. Uh, that was cool. Shadow of Mordor, that was, you're like a ranger that's brought back from the dead by like an elf ghost. Then you have mm. like elf ghost powers and you're just kicking ass, killing orcs. So like, that's a lot of fun. It's kind of like Assassin's Creed almost. Oh, okay. You're just a little bit more powerful, a little bit more gory. Um, the cool thing about that game is they had like a hierarchy system for the enemies. Right. So if uh, Orc killed you next time, he when you came back, he was like leveled up, had like better armor on. He'd have like a different dialogue. He'd like taunt you. So that was a lot of fun. But yeah, there, there's tons of Lord of the Rings video games if you want to dive into the lore that way. It's incredible how far reaching the the world of Lord of the Rings of Tolkien is. Like it's so vast when you think about from books and movies, video games. Like just everything, art, it's unbelievable. Oh, RPGs. They got the Lord of the Rings, like if you want to play Lord of the Rings D&D, there's a couple different versions. Unbelievable, eh? Um, yeah, I think that probably caps off kind of our discussion on kind of our main topic today, Lord of the Rings. Um, was there anything else we wanted to bring up about it, about Tolkien or anything? Uh, I don't think so, but... We'd love to hear what you guys think about Lord of the Rings. Uh, email us at crystalball at 13sideddie.com and let us know if, if you agree with us, disagree, something that we forgot to say. And if you're A&W, please sponsor us. Yeah. <laughs> Maker's Corner. Hey friends, uh, today's uh, little segment is on uh, Crafter's Corner. Uh, Jim and I like to get together for once while and talk about some of the uh, different ways that you can build stuff in the terrain uh, RPG world. And um, a lot of people start off with cardboard, which is a great, we talked about that before, a great place to start. Everyone's got cardboard and there's some people that make amazing projects out of cardboard. Amazing. Amazing. If you want to graduate a little bit higher, and one of the things I get asked more often than anything is, People look at the stuff I build and they say, where do you get that pink stuff from? And everyone thinks it's like some kind of specialty material that you buy. Um, it's called XPS foam. It's predominantly used for insulation, you know, mostly in flooring. It's very, very thin, highly compressed foam. Comes in different thicknesses. The one I use the most is half inch. Uh, you can get it in one inch, two inch, uh, four and five inches. Um, it has two, in North America, two distinct colors. And that's because it's two different manufacturers. Uh, I use uh, pink foam, uh, which is made by uh, Owens Corning. We have the Pink Panther as our official logo because we're cool. Um, and the other brand is made by a different company called Dow Chemicals. Pfft, that sounds great. Dow Chemicals. Yeah, go work for a chemical company. Uh, and theirs is what color, Jim? What color is that weird stuff? It's blue. The blue foam is definitely the best stuff. If you guys want quality foam, use that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> 
I know Sean does this for a living, but as a amateur crafter, I'd just like to say that the blue foam's the best. <laughs> it's it's the only stuff that's available to me where I am. <laughs> that's what my home hardware carries, so that's what I use. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, yeah, Home Depot is kind of the main supplier of the pink stuff. Uh, and in uh, in the city I'm in, um, what's the other um, big company that starts with an R? House building Rona. company? Rona, thank you. Rona here carries the uh, Dow Chemical Blue stuff. Um, they are virtually identical. Um, I personally find that the pink foam is a little harder where the blue stuff's a little spongier. So I find the pink one just takes the texture and holds it a little bit better. That, that's just my feeling. I could be completely wrong. Uh, Jim and I love to to banter each other about the difference in colors. Uh, last year, he sent me a whole present and it was all filled with blue foam. It was fantastic. <laughs> I love that. Um, but uh, yeah, the stuff's amazing. I will say that, and I know a number of people have found this out. A lot of times people will buy the thicker stuff right away. And I would kind of recommend not doing that for a couple of reasons. The thicker stuff's more expensive. I work with a half inch stuff and I'll just glue it together, make it thicker if I need it. But I have found there's a different rating on each of those. I mean, it's supposed to be insulation. I mean, that's what it's supposed to be for, right? To help keep the cold out and keep the warm in. Um, but the thicker it gets, the less dense it is. So the half inch stuff is a little bit more dense than the other thicknesses. And again, holds texture way better. The thicker you get, the less it holds your texture. Because somebody had sent me a message one time saying, like, I hate this stuff. I just can't seem to get the texture. I don't know how you get your texture. And the first question I asked is, how thick are you using? And I think they were using two-inch thick foam. And I'm like, that's probably part of the problem right there. Thin foam, the half-inch stuff. And I'll, boy, man, I'd wager anybody to disprove this next statement. You buy sheets of this. It's half an inch thick. It's eight feet long by two feet wide. That's a huge piece of foam. Like, I literally go with a a razor blade knife and a ruler and I cut them in half to fit them in the cab of my vehicle to bring them home. I'm always cracking big chunks of foam out in the parking lot. It's quite funny. Um, where else in the world can you find any kind of material that big, that cheap to use for crafting? Like if they sold this in hobby stores, you'd be paying like 10 times the amount because that big sheet, eight foot long sheet is like about 13, $14. It's nothing. It's just, and that's Canadian dollars in the States. That's like 50 cents. So, you know, uh, amazing stuff and so easy to work with, uh, simple, simple tools. You know, you want a, a kind of a heavy utility knife, uh, the kind that, you know, you turn the dial and push the long razor blade thing out, uh, an exacto knife for smaller detail, uh, a big wadded up tinfoil ball. If you roll that on it, you can make a, a nice stone kind of, um, texture on it. Um, some form of a metal, um, brush, like, a, uh, they're a brass brush or a steel one. You can buy those for super cheap, a couple of dollars, and those will make perfect wood grain. Works really well, the hot glue gun. Jim, what do you got to say? Um, I guess if you live somewhere where it's not cold, though, I heard that it is quite difficult to find it. You're right. hundred percent right. I have, um, I know a lot of people in Europe, um, even in places where it is cold, they don't have the XPS foam and they use a, a different one and it's a yellow color. I should know the name of it, but I forgot now. And it's a lot harder than the foam that we use. So you can actually break and chip it and it mm. kind of like comes apart. Um, but it's good stuff, not quite the same stuff. Uh, but in some places, like I've got people, you know, have messaged me from um, down south where it's really warm and they don't have foam. So for them, it tends to be very difficult. If you're in that situation, I'm sure you can always get styrofoam. That's something that is available uh, pretty much anywhere. Um, you can also go to, um, like Michael's and if you go into like the florist area where they have plants, you can buy the green spongy stuff that people put in, you know, when you do the, 
the plants and they put the green thing, the foam in the bottom and you stick stuff in or whatever. Yeah. Don't fully understand that. Um, you can use that foam. Be careful. I've been told that it's a bit, a bit more dangerous if it, like if you're cutting it with a hot wire or something, the smoke is a bit more toxic. Mm -hmm. um, so just be careful with that. Uh, like super safety, guys. Like if you're using any of this stuff, if you're ever um, filing, sanding, make, have a, just a particle mask on or a, you know, a pandemic mask that we've all been wearing forever just to keep that uh, small pits of the, the dust out of your system because I'm sure it's not good for you and it's not going to break down. So you're going to have it in forever um, just to be careful. If you're cutting it with a hot wire table, like a Proxon table or a handheld hot wire knife, it does give off fumes and those fumes I'm sure aren't good for you either. I tend to try to always remember to wear like a little respirator mask just to be safe. For me, it's different. I'm working with it every single day of the week. So I, I get a lot of exposure, but if you just use it occasionally, you'll be fine. Uh, but like I said, super cheap project product and makes amazing projects. Really good to work with. Yeah. Um, I, I know lots of companies with the popularity of D&D now are selling little kits of XPS foam. Yeah. You're going to be paying a premium, but you can get it, I think, all over the world now. So yeah. Yeah. If you're somewhere that can't access the I mean, once they figure out what we're doing, I think we're screwed because it's yeah. supposed to be for houses and for home building and stuff. Once they figure out that idiot crafters are grabbing it, they're probably going to jack the price on us. But until yeah. that happens, we get it really cheap at the lumber stores. Um, and uh, a lot of people say too, like, you know, go past a, a work site. And a lot of times you'll have offcuts thrown in the garbage mm -hmm. and grab those, that kind of stuff. But like Jim said, if you can't access that, if you're somewhere that doesn't have it, you can order the stuff online. It is quite a bit more expensive because you're buying it as a hobbyist, but you can get it. It is an amazing material to work with though. Yeah. And a hot tip, buy stocks in it right now because it is going to go up. <laughs> and I've seen it, it here first. Yep. I've seen it in the, even just in the pandemic from this whole supply chain thing was affected. It used to be like $12 and now it's like $14 to buy a sheet of it. So it's gone up a couple of dollars, like everything yeah. has. But so ca ca cash in your cryptocurrency and buy some <laughs> stock in XPS foam. <laughs> <laughs> Follow us for more uh, <laughs> financial tips. <laughs> 13 sided dice, financial tips. <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't follow us for financial <laughs> um <laughs> yeah uh, it's it's a it's a fun the crafting world is a really really great world if you're interested in getting into it go on instagram um follow jim and myself and then start following everybody else out there because it's a beautiful friendly helpful community uh, people are very willing to share knowledge share stuff that they're doing uh, i can't believe how much of a welcoming community this is I've, I've met a lot of amazing people like the gentleman on the podcast here with me we met through instagram and through our love of fantasy um yeah, yeah it's beautiful it's a great crafting world and that uh sean your handle is our nord minis Ryan's epic gym that's right and uh there's, like I said, just so many great people out there. And we hope to have some on the show, maybe uh, in future episodes, to sit and chat with some more. Um, we really enjoyed our first uh, little interview session. It went really well, and I'm sure we're going to do it again. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably about it. Um, I mean, we could just talk all day about how, how to make stuff and craft stuff, but I just wanted to chat a little bit about kind of that getting started and where does this stuff come from? Because I get asked that all the time. Yeah. Anything else, Jim? No, I don't think so. Excellent. All right, everybody. Thank you so very much. Uh, we will see you guys uh, next time. Bye. Next time on 13-Sided Die. Okay, well, I guess we need to chat a little bit about next episode. And uh, I think you've got an idea what you'd like it to be. 
You know what I want it to be, Sean. Dragonlance, baby. Comes out December 6th, the new 5e uh, book. So you, you want every episode to be Dragonlance episode. Yeah, well, you won't let me do that. So <laughs> I'm putting my foot down and we'll do Dragonlance next episode. <laughs> 13 Sided Die, a Dragonlance podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, I think you're right on the money. I think, though, it's pretty timely because uh, everything's coming out, isn't it? Yeah. Got all my pre-orders, so. Nice. Yeah, no, I think it'll be a lot of fun. We can talk about uh, the new stuff coming, talk about uh, just our love of Dragonlance, some of the old stuff. Maybe I can finish the book by then, too. It's an awesome world, yeah. How far are you in the book? About halfway through. I haven't picked it up in like a couple of weeks. It's just been too busy, so how about <laughs> I try and get it done by next episode? Awesome. That'd be Sounds cool. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I really look forward to that. It's uh, one of my favorite worlds as well, so I think that's uh, that'll be a lot of fun. Yes. If anybody out there has anything they want us to talk about in that episode, how could they get in touch with us, Jim? Uh, they could email us at crystalball at 13sideddie.com. That would be uh, cool. Yeah. Give us your Dragonlance questions. Any Dragonlance fans out there? Totally. That'd be really cool. Um, okay. Well, that's next episode then. That's set. That's fantastic. Hopefully a little sooner than this one. Again, apologize for the delay. This one took a little longer to get out. We've just been so darn busy. No uh, apologies. Well, yeah, we do. We don't apologize. <laughs> we need to get sure it's 13 sided die. We don't apologize. Um, yes. Thanks, Jim. So- sorry. We don't apologize. Sorry, we don't apologize. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's beautiful. Um, okay. <laughs> oh man, you kill me. Love doing this with you, buddy. Um, uh, we are going to read another review because that's something else that we like to do um, at the towards the close of the show. And this one comes to us from Terry of Rare Mist Studio. Uh, Terry said, listen to the rest of the episode zero last night. Great fun. Your audio recording was top notch. Your love of D&D comes through. Conversation was natural. Didn't feel contrived or pre-written. And you had a bunch of interesting ideas for future shows. Already looking forward to episode one. That was very nice of Terry to say that. Yeah, I gotta say Terry's a bit of a liar, though. Our f- episode zero was absolutely god awful <laughs> and totally contrived. We sat there for weeks <laughs> writing that thing out. Yeah, that, uh, that was all scripted. We weren't scripted. Yeah, we weren't dazed and uh, both heat stroked <laughs> and yeah, yeah. We worked really hard to make it sound like it was ad lib. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad it got better f- since then. <laughs> yeah, it was fun though. It was uh, it was a good. Oh, definitely. And uh, something we said we were going to do, we didn't think we were going to record it, but we thought, why not? That was kind of fun. So yeah, it was lovely. So thank you very much, Terry. It was very kind of you. You guys, please uh, send in any comments. Uh, If you can, please go on to your uh, podcaster of choice and uh, give us some stars. And if you can, a review, it really, really helps this poor little show. Uh, Tell your friends about us. And uh, yeah, we'd uh, love to get more and more people listening, which is fun. And uh, thanks to everyone who does. It's incredible. We see the numbers and we're very excited. just is so fantastic to know that people out there are listening and around the world. We've had people from everywhere in the world just about listen. Yeah, the sport's wild. Thank you, everyone. That's except for South America. Hmm. Not a lot in South America. We just we're not hitting that demographic. We gotta do something. No. Oh well, what can you do? Yeah. Maybe learn maybe we speak Spanish, maybe that'll help. Hey, you read the second half of Dragonlance, it all start um, learning Duolingo and learning Spanish. <laughs> Yeah, that'll do it. That'll be awesome. <laughs> cool. Well, I think that's probably it for the show. Yeah, yeah. that was a good one. But it next one fun. will be even better. 
even better. Well, thanks again, Jim, for your time. I do appreciate it. It's always fun hanging out and doing this. My pleasure. Good deal, buddy. All right, everybody. Thanks so much. We'll see you guys soon. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Well done, you. You've made it to the end of the podcast. You are a bold adventure to be sure. Remember to fill your wire skin and to have your blade sharpened at the blacksmith's before departing. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to our podcast to be notified of new 13-sided die adventures. And don't forget to tell your friends about the silly fools talking about D&D. 13-sided die has been brought to you by Sean and Jim. Executive produced by Sean and Jim. Mini painting by Sean and Jim. Engineered by Sean and Jim. Goblin torture device by Sean and Jim. Conceptualized by Sean and Jim. Please note, no goblins were harmed in the making of this podcast.